Welcome to Infinite Fellowship Ministries where we train believers to know and to pursue God's perfect will so as to yield fruit for His kingdom. Here is a sermon by Bishop Kobanga J.O. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 6 to 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 6 to 7. Um, and then of course I will also read uh, Ephesians chapter 1 uh, verse 17. I'll also read Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, and Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6. But let's begin with um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, from verse 6 to 7. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. And then uh, this is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, still on New King James uh, Version. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of of him. And then Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7 is as follows Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore, get understanding. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Proverbs 2, verse 6. Proverbs 2, um, verse 6. Are we there? For the Lord gives wisdom. And from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So, by the grace of God, I want to speak on the subject divine wisdom. I want to speak about divine wisdom. If you have children, please calm them because I feel I'm being distracted. You don't need to take them out but you can just calm them. If they are preaching with me, it's okay. Mm. Let Thea remain. Let Thea remain. Mm. Thea is my friend. If she wants to walk around, she can walk around. We are, we are, we are okay with that. Some of these guys are going to become wonderful ministers. So, so let's, that's why we allow children to just feel free when they come you know, up here. We are, it's, it's, it's a way of, of, of us also learning something out of the mouth of babes. God has perfected praise, huh? isn't it? Yes. Huh? When His Royal Majesty drums, don't you enjoy his drumming? Yeah. That boy walks with some unique favor. I don't even think his parents ever enjoyed that kind of favor. Hmm? Isn't that not so, Lily? Hmm? Did you ever walk in that favor that your son, His Royal Majesty, walks in? Never. You see? King was favored immediately he left the womb. Okay? He's now six years old. And every other, you know, child in this community is a child of favor. So we bless God for them. And I'm really looking forward to future vocalists. Yeah. Very wonderful vocalists. Hmm? Can you imagine Ketura just singing in the spirit? Hmm? Hmm? Ketura singing in the spirit. I know the parents don't understand what I'm saying, but it's okay. 
You know, when I speak, sometimes people think that a bishop is just trying to give words of exhortation. I don't give just words of exhortation. I'm prophesying. That's the way Kama Isipokuja, don't blame me. Don't start saying, but Bishop, you said this and it's a lie. It is not a lie. You are the one who's a liar. <laughs> anyway, I want to speak on divine uh, wisdom. Um, oh, I was actually looking for Thea. I can see she's up there pointing. Okay. Now, friends, let me submit to you as follows. When God calls you, he reveals to you the wisdom of the achievements of the fulfilled assignment. God does not call you because he wants you to hear words. God calls you because he wants to speak wisdom. You're getting what I'm saying, church? Whenever God makes a declaration, he is speaking forth the wisdom of his word that pertains to his purpose. You know, it is possible for you to hear scriptures. But if you are not able to operate by spiritual revelation and insight to be able to capture the wisdom that is locked up in the scriptures, then as far as God is concerned, you only have the letter. And a lot of Christians in the body of Christ, they operate on the basis of the letter. They are very scriptural, but they are, but they are devoid of wisdom. Because the wisdom we are talking about is divine. It is yeah. not a wisdom that you learn in school. Yeah. You don't even learn it in a Bible school. It is wisdom that is given to you by revelation. Yeah. So when God makes a declaration, when God speaks to you about the prophetic word of promise, when he gives you the prophetic word of counsel, when he speaks to you the prophetic word of remembrance, understand, he is speaking for the wisdom of his word that pertains to his purpose. Yes. Now, understand, friends, whenever God speaks to you wisdom, he does not reveal the, the, you know, the valleys that you're going to go through. You get what I'm saying? Because if God were to cause you to see the valleys, the tears, and the uncertainty, then chances are you'll not even start the journey. Wisdom, listen here, church. Wisdom has, has nothing to do with circumstance. Wisdom has, has all to do with the future. You see, the Bible says he declares the end from the beginning. Here you are, you are mesmerized by what is happening at the present. Here you are, you are whining and complaining about your challenges. But God is telling you, you know what? I have a wisdom for you. And that wisdom is about the future. You get what I'm saying, church? And you know, friends, in spite of the valleys, in spite of the tears that you shed, in spite of the uncertainties that you face, beloved, do not stop trusting God. Okay? Don't stop moving on because of the fact that you're suffering. Stop. Do not come to a place whereby you stop believing God just because some of, some of the expectations have not been made, beloved. Even in the midst of the contradictions that arise between the prophetic word that God has proclaimed and the fulfillment of his, of, of his, of his promise, do not work with facts. Because factually speaking, you are at a place of limitation. Factually speaking, you're broke. Factually speaking, you are undergoing pain. The Bible does not tell you to walk on the basis of that. You do not walk on the basis of logic. Walk by faith. And faith is founded on what God has declared. Not what you're going through. You get what I'm saying, friends? Walk by faith. And you see, regardless as to how long it may take or the challenges that you speak, that prophetic word that God has spoken to you, that wisdom, it will speak eventually. Because God does not speak in vain. 
If God gives you a vision about the future, about, you, about what he expects of you to become, beloved, if it is God who has spoken, walk by faith because it will speak. Because the vision does not talk about now. The vision is for the future. Yes, things are tough right now, but that does not mean that, God, that God's word is bound by your circumstances. Yep. So let's not behave as though our circumstances have caused us not to be able to be moved. The vision is about the future. The only thing you must be very careful is that if God has promised something to you, do not try and help God fulfill. Don't try and do things and then you end up saying that God is in it when it's the flesh. You know, sometimes the flesh working hand in hand with the devil will help you to cogitate a process and a system that will appear as, as though God is there, but the truth is that God is not there. And just because you've done something and you've gotten away with it does not mean that a time of reckoning will not come. Understand, church? The Bible says God is not mocked. Whatsoever you sow, you shall reap. If you are full of deception, if you are walking in disobedience and rebellion to God and delegated authority, you are going to reap. If you sow in corruption, you'll reap corruption. I'm telling you, friends. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm this kind of a person. I'm never moved by what people tell me. God has told me this and so on. You know, sometimes I'll tell you, please don't bring God here. Don't try to sneak the name of God where your flesh is at work. If you're a man and you are interested in a woman, you, and you don't even have friendship with her, and then you hear a voice telling you that that is your wife, you don't go and tell that woman God has said that we are supposed to be. My friend, that woman will reject you. And I always tell my daughters, if I, and even those who are watching, even you who is not my daughter, if a man comes and tells you that God has said that you are supposed to be my spouse and you've never been friends with that man, chase him away. Hey! <laughs> there must be friendship. Yes. Listen here, church. God does not work in a vacuum. God is very organic. There has got to be friendship. Let me give an example of one couple here, if they will allow me. Let me talk about the Mukurias. Do you know the, the first head of setup was Mrs. Mukuria? You remember those wonderful days? Mrs. Mukuria, who was by that time called Purity, is it Mudoni? Mudoni Mwangi. Uh, let, let me now talk using Purity Mudoni Mwangi. Purity Mudoni Mwangi was our first head of set up. Yeah. When we were at, um, what was that place? Lois. Lois place? Yes. And you see, Tony Mukuria is one person who used to come early. And they would always meet and do set up together as friends. No strings attached, nothing. For a long time. And whenever church would end, those two would be the last people to leave where we've done church, and go home together. They did that for some time until they developed a friendship. And then in the process of time, Tony tells me that, Papa, you know, I, I feel I'm attracted to purity. 
I want her to be my girlfriend. And I asked him whether he was sure. He said yes. And then, of course, he did what every other man who is organic would do. And, of course, the answer was positive. Do you know what? God was in it, but Tony had to develop a friendship. But if Tony had never been a good friend of Purity, if they were not serving God together, you think Purity would have said yes? No. That's how God works. That he puts you in a place, and it may not even be infamy. Probably out there, there is somebody that, you, you, you know, you, 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 there are things you do together. You could even be doing business together. Or you could be working in the same, same company. Or maybe you live in the same estate and you keep on meeting in that kiosk. <laughs> and the owner of the kiosk is your prophetic accompaniment. He helps you to understand how do you relate with this person. What should you do and what should not do. Because that's how God operates. He's very natural. And that is wisdom. You get what I'm saying? So God is one person who, when he speaks, he speaks about the future. If he has a promise for you, that does not mean that your present circumstances agree with the prophetic word of promise. What you need in such a time is wisdom. How do I actualize this word? It is by the word of wisdom. That's why, friends, do not walk by facts. Walk by faith. And regardless as to how long it will take, the vision will speak, beloved. So do not be afraid. Keep your focus on God. Do not keep your focus on problems. Don't keep your focus on frustrations. Don't keep your focus on your struggles and your challenges and your weaknesses and so on. Keep your eyes on what you first saw by revelation. If God has given you the revelation, you know, by his word, as pertaining your future, your focus should be on what God said. You should be faithful to the heavenly vision. Yeah, regardless of what is going on. Even where maybe people might probably be doubting you. You see, men are, men are allowed. Everybody is within his or her right to doubt what, whatever is happening. But you see, the thing is, this, if, if God is in it, He'll bring you to a place whereby you're going to be vindicated. Okay, maybe I, let, me, let me help the singles. In case maybe, yes, God has spoken to you about somebody, and you know it is God. And there was even confirmation. But that person does not agree with you. That does not mean that God has failed. That does not mean that God is a liar. The problem is not you. The problem is that person. So let go. As we always say, purpose will never be held hostage. Because purpose has nothing to do with a, with, with, with a human being. Purpose is the expression and nature of Christ. You get what I'm saying, church? If somebody does not want you, Jesus is able to give you someone who is available. And the person who is available is within the, the, the season in which you are in. So all you need is wisdom to how to locate each other. Yes. You know, your partner may fail you, but that does not mean that God has failed. Why do you want to join your partner in failing? <laughs> Salvation is not a marital issue. Salvation is personal. Personal. Unapookoka, unaokoka, unaokoka kama kiviyako. Kama mtu binafsi. Lazima uwe mtu ambaye 
umejaa na roho mtakatifu akupatie mwongozo. Uwe mtu ambaye ni wa hekima. Kila ambacho unahitaji ni hekima. Acha kuwa bumbuazi kwa sababu ya changamoto. Usiwe mtu ambaye unakejeli roho mtakatifu eti kwa sababu unataka kumsaidia Mwenyezi Mungu my friend. It will not work. It will not work. Friends, most times people find themselves experiencing stress, frustration, you are depressed, you're confused. And you know most and you know you, you must understand that stress and frustration and confusion they are the result of unmet expectations. Okay? Whereby you expect things to be in a certain way and we have an idea of how things should go and yet we fail to see where this idea came from. You have reasoned within yourself that this business must operate like this. You've reasoned within your own self that you know what? This is how I want my life to be. This is supposed to be my social circle. Yet you have selected your friends and you believe that they should relate to this way. But unfortunately, your friends have nothing to do with what your expectations of the social circle might be. You getting what I'm saying? And you know, if things go differently than what we expect, then we are up to become frustrated, we are up to become angry and also upset. And the greater the disparity between what we expect and what actually happens, the greater the discomfort. And you know, this in and of itself shows that the difficulty is not in what you're experiencing. The difficulty is not in the fact, the fact that you're experiencing suffering. The fact that somebody broke up with you. That is not where the difficulty is. The difficulty is not in, in the fact that you either lost a job or you are not promoted or your business failed. That is not, you see, what you're experiencing is not the issue here. The issue is in what you expect to experience. That is where the problem is. You have expectations and, 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 and you know, it's like you've used your expectations as a yardstick. You have used it as a scale to judge every experience. And I want to tell you, beloved, every experience that you go through works for your good. The Bible says all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So if you are experiencing a time of upheaval in your life, if you are experiencing problems and situations, know very well that, number one, God allowed it to happen. And that experience will not lead unto your, unto your utter, uh, utter destruction. What you must address is your expectations. When you look at the New Testament, one of the things you discover is that Jesus Christ is one of the most misunderstood person. Very, very misunderstood. Because you see, most people expected to receive something that Jesus was not willing to provide. What most people do not realize is that the Lord has his way of providing for them. The Lord has, does not provide according to your way. God does things according to his way. God does not provide according to your way, church. He does not make provision for you according, in, in accordance with your terms and conditions. Hallelujah. He does not even consider your logic as valid. He does not even care how factual you are. Yes, it is a fact that you're sick, but as far as the word is concerned, by his stripes you are healed. Factually, Lazarus died. But as far as Jesus is concerned, he, Jesus Christ, is the resurrection and the life. That's the truth. Not the fact that Lazarus is dead. In any case, death is just a transition. 
That's why we should not mourn like non-believers, those who have no hope. Hmm? You mourn and shed crocodile ideas and yet the truth of the matter is that when that person was alive, you never did anything for that person. You know, there are things we must say the truth as they are. You know, my perspective about death is so different from what other people see. Hmm? That we must keep, we must wait for two, three weeks, one month, and you're forgetting that you have to pay the mug fee. You think those, those guys in the mortuary will mourn with you? Them, they want money. Yeah? So, yes. Mourners want food. You want to feed mourners who have nothing, and by the time when they leave, you're going to be broke. That you have to have a funeral committee. When my mother died, the decision concerning my mother's burial and so on was made by two people. I and my father. Isaac Gobanga Temesi Senior. My siblings were caught up in it, and you know, we told them, listen, you either do it our way or we will leave the cops for you. <laughs> yes. I, you see, mom, the mother I knew was not the remains at the mortuary. The mother I knew was the, was, was the very person who went. How she went to be with the Lord. It is soil. Yes. I told my younger sister, I know you're the only lady, but listen, and I'll stay in Nairobi like nothing happened. Let me tell you, me, I'm delivered from customs and traditions of Luyaland. Number two, we said that, you know what, she's being buried in a cemetery. Oh, my God. My maternal side, you know, they, they complain and complain, but they found two choleric men, my dad and myself. Hmm? You know, we asked them a question. When she was unwell, how many of you paid for hospital bills? You did not pay for it, and we never asked you. So shut up. That time I did not consider who is my uncle and who is my aunt. I stood in my office as a son of Isaac, as a deputy parent, and as a bishop. I even made the program and excluded them. Don't try this at home. <laughs> you know, there are things, let me tell you, friends, there are things that some of us do, and we've been able to get away with them, not because we, want, we, 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 don't, we don't have regard for people, but it's because of the circumstances in which we find ourselves in. Yeah. We buried, and we ensure that there was a slab there and a tombstone, the most beautiful tombstone in that cemetery, Ikonin. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Because God has given me a revelation of death. Death is a transition. You don't, you don't behave as though there is no hope. Let me tell you, we will meet these people one day. Hello? Hello. You are going to meet them. Continue being in Christ. Okay? You see, God's way of providing will always be based on the principles of his word. And this is regardless of your expectation. Yes, yes. Okay? Yes. The Bible says in Ephesians 1.11 that in him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him. And these are the words that I want you to capture. Who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Now the emphasis is this, beloved. God works out all things in accordance with the counsel of his will. He does not work out things in your life in, in accordance with your own counsel. So whenever you want to make decisions, 
What does the counsel of God's word say? Not what society says, not what family says. You know the reason why we sometimes suffer? We struggle and we end up finding ourselves in, in situations where we are despondent is because we do not seek the counsel of God's word. You see, the Bible says you honor your parents, huh? And you obey them in the Lord. Do you know what that means? When the word of God says you obey your parents in the Lord, it means that insofar as whatever you're obeying is in agreement with the counsel of God's word, there you obey. But when it goes contrary to what the Bible says, what the word of God says, my friend, there is no obedience there. Yes, that is your father and mother, but you obey in the Lord. In the Lord. Because then the question is, then what testimony do you have as a believer? If you do the things that you're being told to do, and then later on you want to stand your ground, your dad will have every right to say, but you went against what the Bible says. Yes. Society tells you, you know what? By this age, you're supposed to be married. Says who? Age is a number. What is the wisdom for you to get married as an individual? What does the Bible say? Not what society is saying. That by this time, you should have this number of children. That if you marry late, what happens when your children, uh, what happens when you're so old and your kids are still young? Who told you that you cannot raise your kids until the age of 90? Abraham got the son of promise when he was how old? By the time Abraham died, Isaac was a mature adult. If other people have actually pegged their way and their life based on societal and cultural expectations, my friend, the wisdom of God requires that you do things different. It has to be different. Because you're not dying. And God has reserved the best for you. I'm talking to the singles. God has reserved the best for you. And those of you who are married, don't try to develop a culture, a marriage culture that is based on what somebody else is doing. One man's meat is another man's poison. What works for the Kamaus does not work for the Kegodes. Yes. If you try what the Kamaus are doing, my friend, you'll fail. Don't try. Don't even try. Because you see, you've heard what Rev Dan has said, that they only share a house with Mary, but Mary is most of the time in a, in a certain realm altogether. <laughs> and being a husband of Mary requires that you really have to have the grace to understand what the prophetic is. Aye. You get what I'm saying, church? Yes. If somebody else married Mary, I think that would have been a very difficult marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm? Hmm? And even the kind of children that, that they are bringing up. Hmm? Baby Yehuda, that, you know that one, that, that one is apostolic, my friend. Now, just because the Kamaus have two children does not mean that the rest of you should. I know sometimes I joke around with some of you. Remember, those are jokes. Unapoona kwama ni nakuchochea tuuzae sikia hiyo ni kukutania 
usijiweke kwenye kile ambacho nakwambia alafu zae ushinde wacha nikwambie nitakuruka My friend mimi nitakuruka Siku hapo you have to know yourself what you are able to do If you are not ready you are not ready Hello You must understand when bishop is talking to you you must understand is bishop speaking in his capacity as a human being who's just being mellow or is he speaking in his office when i tell you that says the lord now that's when you know okay it is time to do this thing but when i'm just sharing okay don't invest your emotions there if something happens that you're not ready for please don't even quote me Even if you put me on social media nitakuruka wacha nikwambie you'll be on your own Unafikiri nitakusaidia kulea huyu mtoto no Okay you must understand what is the wisdom You see God works out all things according to the counsel of his will You know And you know one thing that I've noticed about God He will always offer you something that you do not expect he will offer you something that you don't want and when you look through what from genesis to revelation that has been god's way you want this and god gives you the opposite okay yeah and that's why when you look at the new testament very few people understood jesus even his own disciples had a hard time understanding him okay And that's why you know Jesus reached a point where he could not share so much with them because he he noticed that these guys will not be able to catch these things until they are filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay? Understand beloved that God will never act or speak in an expected way. Let me tell you something. Whenever you have a desire for a particular thing, be very careful about the ponderations of your heart. Because the mind has the capacity to cogitate a dream. Let's say, as a single, you, you, you can see, you're a lady and you've seen this man and you think about him, you say, Aki Shuali, he's so nice, he has got everything that I expect. And you start praying. And your mind is so much fixated on that. Let me tell you, you will see yourself at the altar with this man. and you'll say god has spoken yet it is your mind and then what will hurt is when you see that man going for another lady and you begin to pray machine gun prayers karabatongolele bakase shindwe 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 ninavunja miguu vunja miguu kile bakase lelele basimba eh then you start saying kimalele is mine kimalele is mine kimalele kimalele ni mkale ni wangu 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 let me tell you no matter how much you insist ni wako si wako ameenda you get what i'm saying church you see you must understand that god does not speak neither does he act according to our expectations he worketh all things after the counsel of his will as we read in ephesians 1:11 okay and beloved understand Yes we have a written record of Jesus earthly life. We've seen what we what we are able to gather. 
even from the book of Acts all the way to, you know, to the book of um, Revelation. We study a lot, but at the end of the day, Jesus has always remained a mystery to people, even though they say they are born again. They do not understand the wisdom of God in Christ because the Bible says Jesus has become unto us the wisdom of God. And you know, Paul tells us very clearly that we speak a mystery which is hidden. Okay? Now, you see, beloved, whenever God wants to act, whenever God wants to do something concerning your life, he will always bring forth a hidden wisdom that he uses to solve the problems you have. And the quality of your life is dependent on how much wisdom you possess, not how much knowledge you have. Come on! You may be so knowledgeable, but your knowledge cannot help you without wisdom. In any case, your knowledge probably could be outdated. You may be a walking encyclopedia or a walking constitution or you know everything about the marketplace. But as far as time and season is concerned, you, what you have is outdated, can never be applicable. Because you do not understand the workings of God. Hello? Hello. Remember, the wiser you are, the better you will live. Because life itself is largely dependent on the wisdom you have per time in everything that you do. Okay? You know, what we read in Proverbs 4 verse 7, whereby we we are able to read that wisdom is a a principal thing, therefore, get wisdom and with all you're getting, uh, get understanding. You see, knowing how to do things is better than what? Knowing how. The problem is knowing how. Yes, God has said that you need to transition. You need to transition from a relationship. You need to transition from a church. You need to transition from a job. You need to transition from, you know, many, you need to transition out of the country. Yeah, it is true that you know what God has said. But you see, knowing how is a problem. You may even know that this is the right time. It is time for me to move. But the question is, How? And that is where many people get it wrong. Whenever you see that you're not getting results in your life, the problem may not be in the fact that you never had God. You may have had God. Because God speaks. You may even have designed the time. But because of not getting the how, everything backfires. And you know, the more you run away from wisdom, the more foolish you become. Because you see, friends... A man of wise understanding will always seek counsel and learning. But a fool will be inflated within the context of his or her ego to think that God has spoken. And you will defy and run away from counsel because you want to prove a point. The fact that you have succeeded in doing something does not in and of itself mean that you have been vindicated. Jesus said it in a very simple way. We shall know them by their fruit, not by their success. By the fruit. And fruit takes time. You get what I'm saying? And it is only people who are wise that will be able to come to a place whereby they will bear fruit. You get me? It is all about fruit. Okay? And you know, When you operate in wisdom, 
Wisdom, what it does is that it enables you to have divine understanding. And when you're a man or a woman who operates in divine understanding, you'll be an outstanding believer. Whereby you will stand out even amongst your peers. Hallelujah, beloved. Now, maybe a very simple way of uh, just trying to define what wisdom is. I believe that divine wisdom is the ability to see everything from God's perspective. Because God does not see the way man sees. Wisdom is having the eyes of the Lord in order to perceive and understand things from his perspective. Because, beloved, you know wisdom has got seven eyes. Wisdom has got seven eyes. And you know, seven is, an, is, 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 is the number of perfection. Wisdom brings about perfection in everything. Wisdom has got seven eyes. Seven eyes. I will talk about that probably maybe next Sunday or the Sunday after. Beloved, there is a knowledge from God that you do not learn from school. There is a knowledge from God that is only derived from the wisdom of God. So when you are able to access the realms of wisdom, then is when you will get a knowledge which is divine, a knowledge which is higher than what you've learned even in university. Because you see, beloved, God does not look outwardly. You and I may be able to see something outwardly and we say that this is God's will. But as far as God is concerned, what you think is, is of him is not of him. When prophet Samuel, a man of God, full of the Holy Ghost, was commanded by God to go to the house of Jesse to anoint a king, he looked, he looked at Eliam, the firstborn of Jesse, and he said, surely, this is the Lord's anointed. He looked at him because Eliab was tall, he was built. He had all the qualities of leadership. But you know, the Spirit of God told him, no. This is not the one that I've chosen. Stop being carnal. I don't see things the way you do. I look at the heart. Outwardly, Eliab qualified to be king of Israel. But his heart was not what God wanted. It had to take someone to go and fetch David, who had been forgotten, the last one in the family looking after sheep. A guy who would worship God in the wilderness. And you see, David was actually doing worship when nobody even saw him. Because his audience was one. You know this thing of being a celeb whereby you want to impress people, beloved? A time is coming, starting this year, whereby God will be keen about those who are more concerned about the audience of one. And that is the audience of Jehovah. I don't care how many concerts you go to. Yeah. Go for them. After all, you're an adult with 32 teeth. That is if all of them are there. But listen here, church. Being in a concert doesn't mean God is there. God may be there in the concert, but he may not be operating at the pulpit. He may probably be operating in the heart of one single individual who is behind, who has a broken heart and a contrite spirit. That is what God is looking for. No wonder even when David sinned, when you look at Psalms 51, that is a prayer of repentance. He never justified himself like some of us. You're confronted for error and you begin to feel like, you know, I'd rather justify. You justify your mistake. You you even use the scriptures. Do you know sinners also know the scriptures? Especially those who backslide. Hmm? Why do you judge me? Love is patient. Why are you not patient with me? Yes, love is patient, but love does not compromise with sin. Yeah. 
It's true. I mean, if we are going to live according to the word of God, then we must say no to certain things. When David was called out by the prophet, remember he was a king. He tore off his garments. He went down and he, he repented. Remember he prayed for that child that was conceived in sin. Unfortunately, that child of Bathsheba died. And after that child died, David did the unthinkable. He stopped crying. He showered. He ate and so on. And then, you know, people wonder, but wait, you've just lost somebody. Who said that when you've lost somebody that you, you stop having a shower? My friend, that person has gone. Yes. Death is a reality. But we continue on with life, isn't it? Yeah. And in any case, the foundation of that relationship was wrong, and that's what God was dealing with. Because the soul that sinneth shall die. That's what the Bible says. But the, thing, the point I want to emphasize is that David humbled himself. And the same spirit of God that, was, that, that had been on him from the time when he was in the wilderness, that same spirit inspired him to write Psalms 51. That's one of the most powerful prayers of repentance. Not like people in our days, whenever you tell them that they've gone, they've gone wrong, they begin to say that I'm being misunderstood. It's not that way. You know, I get tired when someone... You know, you, you rebuke somebody in love and the person keeps on saying, I'm being misunderstood. It's not that way. But you've done something wrong. Yeah, but the reason why I did it. Or you, tell, you say, okay, I'm sorry, but the reason why it happened. When you say, I'm sorry, but the reason why it happened, you, you know you're not sorry. When you say you're sorry, you keep quiet. You don't begin explaining. You humble yourself. Because chances are, even at that particular point, what you think makes you justified may not be. When you look back in hindsight, years later on that, that's when you realize, by the way, you are wrong. Because, you see, divine wisdom demands that when I apologize, it doesn't make me less of a human being. It doesn't disqualify me for my calling. It's true. In any case, rebuke is medicine. Rebuke is medicinal. But when you have a bitterness and unforgiveness, one of the, and it has been proven, bitterness and unforgiveness leads to high blood pressure, rottenness of the bones, and that is arthritis. But when you say, I'm sorry, I take responsibility, my friend, that is what God wants. God is not looking for someone who is perfect. God is looking for people who are broken at heart. A spirit which is contrite, because David says in Psalm 61, the sacrifices that are acceptable to God, they are a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Not a sacrifice of self-justification, where you blame the board. You blame the board for everything. And some of the members of the board have been accused of things that they have not done. Hello? Now you're looking down. Yes, I'm looking at you. The board members are not your enemies. In fact, there are people in this community, <laughs> when any board member comes to just have fellowship with them, they think that Bishop has sent this board member to them. And most times, I'm not even there. I only get to hear things. Hello? Sometimes, you know, you ask somebody to come and see you, and the person is already sweating, thinking that now I've been seen. I'm one of them, Now, what do I say? Mm. 
And you know, divine wisdom makes me understand one thing. There are some of the mistakes you make that I don't need to talk about. Because I know God will help you to overcome. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. By the time I'm confronting you with something, just know that something is wrong. Nani kubaya. Hmm? But instead, what some people do, they look for, they look for fellow sinners, fellow strugglers. Hmm? I'm also struggling with this. Now you know we can be together. My friend, you need someone who can deliver you out. Don't join, don't join league with somebody who's struggling like you. Hello, infamy. Remember, beloved, the hidden wisdom of God is the way God presents his truth. Okay? He presents his truth, but at the same time, he conceals it from the understanding of mankind and even Satan. You see, when God wanted to to save mankind, he he raised Jesus Christ. When Jesus came as man, nobody could even discern that this is the son of God. This is the one who has come to bring salvation. People saw him as the son of Mary. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teachers of the law, they were full of religiosity and they were more concerned about their reputation to the extent whereby in as much as they knew the scriptures concerning the Messiah, they never discerned the hour of their visitation. So the wisdom of God was such that them that were religious and them that were rulers of the age could not even know what God was doing. They were crucifying somebody, but they did not know that in crucifying him, God's wisdom was being revealed. That the vicarious death of Christ on the cross was what was needed to bring salvation of the entire human race, including those who crucified him. You get what I'm saying, church? And it is so amazing that one of those thieves who hung on the cross deserved that wisdom. The other one was a fool. If you're the son of God, why don't you deliver us? And then the other one reprimanded and telling you, you don't even fear God. We deserve to die like this. Then he looks unto Jesus and says, you know what, Lord, remember me in your kingdom. And then Jesus answers and tells him, today you'll be with me in paradise. I'm going to do a series on that, hopefully this year. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Then you'll understand what today means. That in and of itself is a wisdom. Hidden. Okay? You know, beloved, the ways of God, sometimes they're mysterious that people don't even understand how God operates. And that's why Paul says, he puts it this way in in 1 Corinthians, uh, in verse 9, that is, that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no human mind has conceived. And the mysteries of God are revealed to us by his spirit. They're not revealed to us by logic. By his spirit. And the revelator of the mysteries of God is the Holy Spirit, beloved. And that's why, beloved, you cannot understand the wisdom of God from your own viewpoint. You must leave that which is earthly. You must allow things that are natural. You must let go of them so that you come to the level of Christ and access the realms of the heavenlies so that you may be able to see things as God sees them, beloved. Because Paul says that this wisdom is hidden, and that means that the wisdom is not obvious to everyone. Okay? The wisdom is not readily seen. This wisdom is camouflaged in such a way that you can be looking at it right now and may not know it. You get what I'm saying? Wisdom may probably be just around you. Or let me put it this way. The atmosphere of wisdom may be just around you. But because you are full of the flesh, you may not even know. 
That is why, friends, let me tell you this. Don't be a fool who does not understand time and season. Have the spirit of the sons of Issachar who are able to understand and interpret times and seasons to know what Israel ought to do. And as infamy, we must understand that in this time and age, let's not operate, as my father in the Lord said, a local church. Be in the body of Christ. So that the visitation of God may not bypass you. You get what I'm saying? Don't be the kind of person who, 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 who lacks the ability to design people in Christ. You see, we no longer know each other after the manner of the flesh, beloved. Jesus, we don't see him in the flesh as a son of Mary and Joseph. Right now, you know Jesus is the son of God. Even when he was born to the family of Mary and Joseph, he was the son of God. He was not the son of Mary. Okay, you might be very, you might be this kind of a person who's proud and saying, you know, I, I, I'm proud of my ancestors, I'm proud of my background and so on, my friend. Have an eternal perspective. Your parents received you as a loan from God. God loaned your parents, you. You don't belong to them. Okay, if you belong to your parents, why aren't you not staying in their house? God gave your parents the opportunity to bring forth you. But you came of age and you did what? You moved out. Not to live in accordance with the heritage of your parents, to live according to the divine heritage of God. So wisdom demands that there are things you will not consult with daddy and mommy much as you love them. They are your parents, you must honor them. But remember, the person that you must seek counsel from is Christ. Yes. Your parents have done their part, but God expects you to understand what is the pattern that you're supposed to live for your life. What pattern are you going to have for your marriage? How are you going to raise your children? Go for family reunions, my friend, but remember who you are. There are rituals you're not supposed to participate in. Don't tell me that, you know, what will people feel? You know, I need to, 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 to fit in. Fit in what? You know, I'm the kind of person who disagrees with people sometimes, and I really don't care. I'm a believer. You tell me to eat some food, and I'll ask, what, what, what is the basis of this food? If I notice that you've slaughtered an animal on a grave of somebody, that is food being sacrificed to idols. You know, there are certain practices in Luyal, and when somebody has died, when, when an animal is being slaughtered, it's slaughtered, especially from the part of Luyal and where I come from, it is slaughtered on the grave. So that that blood is appeased by the ancestral spirits. And then you eat that meat, my friend. No, not me. Or you'll say, well, but Bishop, doesn't the word of God say that we sanctify what we eat by the word of prayer? Yes, you sanctify what you eat, especially when you, you have no knowledge of where it came from. But the thing is this, if you have knowledge, why are you eating? Don't you, don't you eat in your, in your home? Kwani lazimu kule nyama kwenye matanga? Yeah? Yeah? You mean to tell me you don't eat gueno at home? Gueno, gueno is deep Greek. Gueno basically means chicken. That's luo. Okay? You get what I'm saying, friends? There are things that you, you know very well who you are. You do not allow yourself to be defiled by things. Look at Daniel. Daniel is purpose in his heart that he will not partake of the food of the king. Not because the food was badly prepared, 
but it was what that food represented. Do you know sometimes God can put wisdom in the heart of the person next to you? But because you, do not, you despise that person, you miss out on wisdom. That's why we should not be familiar with each other. You know, sometimes, let me tell you something, friends. Sometimes God can make it, can, can give wisdom to your own child. And your kid speaks to you innocently. Your kid does not even know that he's being used of God. But because you're in the flesh, you'll tell that kid, I am your mother, I'm your dad. Obey your parents. What does the Bible say? Fine, you're, you're quoting the scriptures, but you're quoting it out of context. I'm telling you, friends. You know, wisdom does not operate the way minor ones. That God has to speak in a particular way. He cannot speak to a child. My friend, out of the mouth of babes, God has perfected praise. He will speak to your child. He will speak to that shopkeeper. But because you think you know better, because you think that the shopkeeper, the, the shopkeeper is someone who's semi-literate, you rely on your logic. And you know the kind of logic you have? It is cold logic. Frozen. Dormant. a deep freezer. And that is a kind of logic, even if you try to defrost it, even if you throw it, it has, it's of no use. I hate meat which is frozen. It has no taste. Even if you put sugar in it. Hello? You see, even in a, in, in a service such as this, you can be listening to this someone. You can be looking at me, beloved. But the truth of the matter is this. Few people here will be able to get the wisdom of what I'm saying. My prayer is that in this year, you will not just be coming to church because everybody is coming to church. That when someone is preaching, not necessarily me, whoever that preaches on this pulpit, you will not just hear the voice of Bishop, the voice of Rev. Dan, the voice of the prophet, the voice of Bishop Lumi, you will hear God's voice. Go beyond the vessel and hear what the, God is, what the Lord is saying. Okay? Because you see, if you don't seek wisdom, wisdom will constantly hide away from you. You know, Proverbs 1 verse 5 says that a wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain to wise counsel. A wise man will hear. The question is, are you wise enough to hear the word of God today? Are you able to hear to the point whereby you increase in learning? Not learning information, learning wisdom. And, then, and, you, see, and you see, the word of God says that a man of understanding shall attain to wise counsel. What understanding do you have? Is it divine understanding or the normal understanding? You must, you must understand that wisdom is the greatest capital for life. Wisdom is a capital asset of establishing, you know, uh, and exhibiting sound knowledge. Knowledge cannot be sound if it is not founded on wisdom. Because, friends, when you look at the word of God, you discover that wisdom is higher than knowledge. Because knowledge is just the mere accumulation of information. And, you know, where wisdom is seen... Knowledge will always be hidden. Knowledge has no capability of providing solution in and of itself. 
If it is knowledge from God, it must be knowledge that comes from wisdom. And whatsoever comes from wisdom, it comes by the active energy of the divine. Okay? Because, friends, wisdom is basically the, the physical display of knowledge that you have gathered. You get what I'm saying? Wisdom is what is demanded of you as a result of the knowledge you claim to have acquired. After you have acquired so much, after you've read all manner of books, even those of us who are theological, and theology is not bad in itself, but theology can be dangerous if you are not operating by the spirit of wisdom. It's very, very true. Okay? That's why, beloved, hearing and listening is not enough. God wants you to manifest and take action with what you have acquired. And that's now where wisdom comes in. Because, friends, if you acquire knowledge without acting on the wisdom you've gained, then it leaves you foolish. And we've got so many fools in the body of Christ. Very many of them. We are not insulting anybody. That's the truth. We've got so many fools. Watu ni wapumbavu kabisa. They have a lot of knowledge, but they are fools. Knowledge minus wisdom is foolishness. And you know, listen here, church. The Bible says that, you know, creation awaited for the sons of God, for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now, people who manifest the sons of God are those who are full of wisdom, not who are full of knowledge. You know so much about what is going on in current affairs, but the question is, where is wisdom? In what you're telling me. Where is wisdom? You talk and talk and talk. You criticize what's going on, what the Jews are doing to Hamas. You criticize what Hamas is doing to the Jews. You talk about uh, Boko Haram. You talk about Shakahola. And you're the one who joins hands with other wicked people in criticizing men and women of God. Some of us, we don't know about Shakahola. We just, we just saw it in the media. And even the information you have is, comes from the media. It doesn't even come from very credible sources. Hey! And who told you that the Kenyan media is more accurate in information? If only you knew. Hmm? You go to Twitter, you share your opinion. Who told you that when you share your opinion, or rather what you read in Twitter is accurate? People are in Twitter because they want to gain a following by being controversial. Yes. They want to be famous. At the end of the day, what mode of manifestation are you bringing forth? Because God wants us to be people who will operate as sons. Sons of God who will be able to manifest wisdom. Wisdom that will provide solution for our generation. That is very, very important. Hmm? Divine wisdom is the spirit of God that grants divine capacity to be able to understand and reason beyond the realms of men. Okay? And you see, this kind of wisdom, it becomes operational in life when you are essentially in Christ. You know? That's why Philippians 2 verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ. Yeah, yeah. That is the mind of wisdom. He never competed with God much as he was God. Yeah. It was his right. It was the right of Jesus Christ to come on earth full of glory and majesty. But wisdom demanded that that would not be the way of saving mankind. Yeah. 
that you can be so great, but yet you decide to be humble. Wisdom operates amongst them who are humble. The Bible says God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt in due season. That is wisdom. That when every other person seems to be inclining in a particular direction, you have stood your ground not because of the fact that you want to be controversial, but you know what heaven is saying about a matter. Because, friends, wisdom is the hub of solutions. Wisdom is also the facilitator of process, which enables you to access the solutions you need. Anytime when you're going through process, beloved, understand, you need the facilitation of wisdom. Most times, whenever we are going through process, we are being facilitated by whining and complaining. Hmm? Wisdom ensures that you are enabled by the grace of God to be able to soar above challenges that you face today so as to achieve your vision. And then, beloved, I know most of us do not like process, but I want to tell you and I want to submit to you that process is ordained by God to cause you to rise above your limitation. The reason why the wilderness process is very necessary is because God wants you to rise above your limitation. Because where you are is a place of limitation. And where God is taking you is a place where there is no limitation. That's why you cannot afford to settle where you are. If you're married and you're going through a very rocky relationship with your spouse, understand, that is process. Because where you've been in, in, in the season with your spouse is a place of limitation. So God wants you to rise above your limitation, above that comfort zone that you're in. You getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Marriage is not the end. Marriage is the beginning. A wedding is an event. Mark my words. You can have a good wedding with all the glamour, but at the end of the day, church, a wedding is an event. Whether it happened in my living room, hallelujah. Hmm? I've seen somebody waving at me. Whether it happened in the coffee plantation in some place. You know, I presided over a wedding some coffee plantation. Eh? Whether it happened whereby one side of the family was represented and the other was not, it is a wedding. It is an event. But the real thing is after the event, what fruit are we going to see? Not the fact that you invited VIPs. You can invite all manner of VIPs, it's all fine. But the question is, what will happen five years from now? Let's, let's, give us, let, let's give you 10 years, 15 years. Then we will know where is the fruit. Was there wisdom here? One thing I've known about God, he can allow you to enjoy for even 15 years until you begin to be very proud to the point where you, you begin to chest thump yourself and say, you know what, I made it. Then on the 16th year, something happens. And society, you know, society is very, very crude, They'll come and ask you, but didn't God say? See, God spoke to you. God did not speak to us. <laughs> God spoke to you. You know, whenever people come to tell me, you know, Papa, God has spoken to me, I tell them, listen, if God has spoken to you, me, is he just here? So I'm not obliged to do what you want. Allow me also to hear God. And when I come and tell them, by the way, what you're, what you're telling me is not of God. Hmm? You're so swollen like a donut. 
So you look for somebody else who will confirm. And then you'll say, but Bishop, doesn't the Bible say a word of God will be confirmed by two or three witnesses? So and so has confirmed. So and so had a dream. So and so had an apparition. Mimi, I'm not moved, my friend. He's on his arco. Me, I want to wait until 10, 15 years to come. That's when Tutajua. Yeah. Hmm? Wakati umechapa. Do you know something, church? I've come to, I've come, I think I seem to be agreeing with some of you that sometimes I'm savage, isn't it? <laughs> I'm very savage. Yeah, for those of you who are new, there, there are sons and daughters in this church who say that I'm a savage bishop because of the things that I say. Yeah, ata ni meona you savage. Like in Atta Eve, you now a penda. Sin a beef now. You just have to accept me the way I am. When I just throw Narusha too. Eh? You're not savage, you can't So beat. That's when we'll, we'll ask, okay. Katika Haliako, you beat. Jehovah Badoni, yes, Badoni Buana, Amani Vipi. That's when you want to hear your testimony. Hmm? How do you deal with, you, you know, with yourself in that situation where things are, are not working? That is when we will know. We will never know God in your life when there is bliss. We will know that God is in your life when there is no bliss. That's when now we will see whether you have a testimony. Yes. They shall know them by their fruit. Will there be righteousness in your life when you've lost your job? When your business is gone, now will you praise God? Or that is the time you'll do live stream and say, it's because I'm in the wrong church. Grace has lifted. Forgetting that when you move from this church to another one, you move with your issues. And your issues will, 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 will rise again after, you, after you're through with your transition there. Okay? Savage bishop. Do you know, friends, without process, you'll remain in your limitation? Suffering has a prophetic purpose. Suffering is ordained of God to cause you to be delivered from the limitation of carnality, from the limitation of comfort. Okay? When you are rejected by people, that rejection, you should look at it positively. It is a process to deliver you from being comfortable because sometimes you may be in a circle of people. They may not be sinful. They may just be believers. But as far as God is concerned, they will cause you to miss purpose. You may even feel ostracized. Let me tell you, sometimes it's good to be ostracized. You want to always have a pity party with people. You are a woye person. Always crying. Always saying, you know what, it's because of my situation. So what about your situation? There are people out there who suffer more, but they are happy. When are you going to have a testimony of happiness? Hmm? That people don't understand me. Why do you want to be understood? Why don't you understand people from God's perspective? Let me tell you, friends, when revival comes, it's not going to be a pity party moment. <laughs> Revival is a double-edged sword, my friends. 
Yeah. You have to arise. Infamy. This is our 14th year. The days of being petted and being pampered are over. Okay? Yeah. Sorry for those who came just the other day. <laughs> you just have to move on. Yeah. Hmm? It's very true. Whereby no one is going to pamper you and no one will supervise you. If you're waiting for someone to supervise you, you'll wait in vain. If you're waiting for a phone call from the pastorate, no one will call you, my friend. Nobody. Divine wisdom requires that we mature. Where we take personal responsibility, we do not do things out of murmuring and complaining. We serve the purpose of God and we feel obliged to do the things of God. Not because we are expecting a reward from men. Because if men reward you, then where will God reward you? It is God, my friends. It is God. Hmm? It is God. You know, wisdom may not seem like it is concerned about your present. Is that too hard? Wisdom may not seem like it is concerned with your present. You know, it might seem like foolishness for you to pursue the path of wisdom, but the goal of wisdom is the future, not the present. When God speaks forth his word, the Bible says he declares the end from the beginning. God does not talk about now. My son, my daughter, woye, you are suffering. Let me give you a hug, a holy hug. There is no holy hug in the word of God. God speaks about the future. Okay? And you see, when, you know, when, when, when wisdom speaks about the future, beloved, I dare submit to you that there are things that you must encounter in the journey, in your journey towards the future. You must encounter hardship. You must encounter rejection sometimes. You must encounter failure, hallelujah. And that's because you have encountered failure does not mean you're born a failure. Probably it's because you've made certain mistakes. Probably because you're in the wrong alliance. And failure is a process that enables you, by the grace of God, to take responsibility. So that instead of blaming people, instead of blaming your boss, instead of just being this kind of person whereby you blame everybody except yourself. You take responsibility. You know, time has come where we must stop blaming people. A foolish person will blame parents. A foolish person will blame his or her siblings. A foolish person will blame his former boss who fired him. A foolish person will blame a lecturer who gave him or her an E. Is that so hard? Wisdom demands that you learn. You learn obedience out of the things that you suffer. That after, after all is said and done, am I learning obedience? Hmm? You think Jesus Christ came with glamour to save you and I? My friend, he was born in a manger. Some of you are born in hospitals. Jesus was born in a manger. That is wisdom. He was born to a poor family. First of all, his conception was controversial according to those times. Can you imagine you telling somebody, imagine your girlfriend coming to tell you, you know, I've conceived by the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Mm? Do you know I feel Joseph? Honestly speaking, I feel Joseph. Joseph said, no, 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 me, I don't know that. So when Joseph was busy trying to plan, 
to push this lady to divorce her quietly. That same angel who spoke to Mary visited Joseph and told him, listen here, do not, do not reject Mary for your wife. What she told you is true. She is, she is carrying a child by the Spirit of God. That's why, beloved, listen here. And this should help those of us who are prophetic. If God has spoken to you something that people may not seem to agree, don't be angry. If it is God, God will confirm. Okay? You know, sometimes in my life, in my ministry, I've come across people who have been disappointed because I've refused to accept what God has said. But there are those moments whereby whenever I doubted anybody what he said, the Lord would speak to me privately. Now what God would do, he would give me details that he never disclosed to them. Sometimes, you know, you need to give us pastors the benefit of doubt. We may not agree, not because we don't like you. It's also because we have not had God. Why don't you give us time? Just give me time. You tell me God has spoken to you, I'll tell you, yes, thank God he has spoken to you, but he's not spoken to me. So when I tell you wait, for heaven's sake, why don't you just wait so that I can also hear God? You never know. Maybe tonight God will confirm what you've said. But if you start helping what God by doing things and you've not given me a time to wait, yet I am your delegated authority. So you see, already on the one hand, you're trying to obey what God has said, but there's no wisdom in how you're doing it. So to God, you have sinned. Hmm? Beloved, it is true God speaks. I agree. Sometimes he doesn't need to speak through me. He can tell you something that I don't know. Even let's say about the church, I don't know. So don't be emotional. Just come, be sober. When you speak to me, I'll tell you, thank you, you've spoken to me. Now keep quiet and sit down. Now when I tell you keep quiet and sit down, in my prayer closet I'll ask God concerning what you said God said. And you know what, beloved? Sometimes God will speak to me directly or... The Lord will tell me he'll speak, but he'll not tell me when and how. And then somebody else in leadership comes and gives me the confirmation. And when I look at this person in leadership, I'll be able to perceive that this is God. You know, there are people in this church, whenever they tell me what God has spoken, having tried and tested them, I'll never have, not have any doubt. But there are people, I'll need time. So wisdom demands, you wait. Don't say, you know, this word is supposed to be fulfilled in haste. Where? And then you misquote what Rev. Dan used to say a long time ago. The business, the king's business, the king's business requires his. So now you come up with that. My friend, it is Rev. Dan who said that. <laughs> and you know, when he spoke many years ago, he spoke within a context. So don't just pull that statement and tell Bishop, you know God, the business of the king requires his. Munga Mesema, we need to do this. My friend, don't try to push me. I'm not in a hurry. And if God wants us to move with haste, he will confirm. Because the Bible says a matter will be confirmed by two or three witnesses. How can you be your own witness? Do you know I also submit to a father? When my father in the Lord, when, when, when I tell my father in the Lord something that I'm a bit unsure that the Lord will tell me, he'll tell me to wait. Until when he'll either confirm or his wife will confirm. 
Many times Bishop Mulumbi will tell me not to take a particular direction and I don't argue. I say, fine, Baba meongea. Then later on, in hindsight, I realize that this was wisdom. When an elder tells you not to move in a particular direction, especially when you think God is in it, my friend, Tulia. And it is not only Bishop Mulumbi. Even, you know, when Bishop Mark, when I was under him, there was a way he would speak to me and I'd listen. That's how to deal with authority. But when you begin to say, I'll rather obey God than man, my friend, you're quoting the Bible out of context. <laughs> because people who obey God than men also have a witness. Yeah. Where is the external witness? Your witness is internal. Where is the external witness? I'd rather have a friend of mine who will rebuke me in love than someone who sides with me towards making the wrong decision. Or, or what do you think? How will you feel when you realize that the person who's been siding with you has misled you? How does it feel? Do you know that is betrayal? I'd rather somebody tell me, Gobanga, that is the wrong decision you've taken. to Kosane. But that rebuke is medicine for me. Eventually, I realized that I was being delivered from, from, from danger. That is wisdom. So you, it might be foolishness to pursue the path of wisdom, but remember, the goal of wisdom is the future, not the present. Okay? And beloved, understand, it takes wisdom for you to be able to have the eyes of your understanding opened so that you're able to perceive the opportunities that you have within the midst of life challenges. Yes. Do you know that, friends, wisdom doesn't come to you so that you may get things? I'll say that again. Wisdom does not come to you so that you may get things. God, I want a husband. My friend, wisdom does not come to give you a husband. Wisdom comes to address the, the, the things within your life as to why you cannot get a husband. And what you must do. So that if you do that in obedience, that husband will come chasing after you. Wisdom does not come to give you money. God, give me money that I may serve your purpose. Wisdom will never ever give you money. Wisdom comes to tell you the reason why money will not come is because you're stingy. You don't tithe. You don't give to the poor. You're not benevolent. You're crooked. The personality of money you have is awkward. You know people have got money personalities? You are a spendthrift. You are high maintenance. Ooh. Savage. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Help me not to be savage. I'm telling you, beloved, wisdom will not give you money. Wisdom will tell you what exactly is wrong with you. And that is why you cannot have money. Wisdom does not come to give you things. Wisdom speaks of the future. Hello? Wisdom is given to us as the solution to all the things we need. Wisdom brings solutions. And it is the first and foremost solution. So from within the citadel of wisdom, you are able to derive anything. Within wisdom, you are able to, to access opportunities to get money. Money will not fall from the sky. 
Or you're trusting God that your bank account will have some, some figures. My friend, even if somebody would operate that way, it will be as a result of some faithfulness that you have been able to inculcate over the years. That is a God I know. And then understand, beloved, wisdom is personified in Christ. The Bible says he has come unto us as the wisdom of God. Jesus is the wisdom of God given to mankind as the answer to our problems and the solutions for our needs. So here you are, you want your needs to be sorted out. The question is, is Jesus the Lord over your life? You know, when Jesus comes into your life, he does not come into your life so that your, your, your bills may be paid. He comes into your life to deal with certain things and certain struggles that you have so that you are capacitated to be able to fend for yourself so that you may be able to pay bills and do all the things that you have. Those solutions are in Christ. And the solutions that Jesus Christ gives you, those are, they are the solutions that, that enable you to be delivered from the cause and consequences of sin. To bring you to a place whereby you are healed. Because look at it this way. You want a spouse, but you are hurting. And you know, people, people who are hurting, they will hurt others. It's true. Have you ever dealt with hurtful people? They are hurtful not because they like to hurt people. It's because they are hurting. That's why you don't need to have any grudge with someone who's hurting. Okay? If people have rejected you, tell, find out from the Lord whether it's because you are struggling with rejection within your heart. Could it be because of rejection from your parents or from your siblings? If you cannot deal with that, beloved, and allow Jesus to be the wisdom that deals with that so that you're able to be secure in your identity, I can assure you, even if you get a spouse or friends within your life, they'll just reject you like those who rejected you six seasons ago. Jesus comes to fix us internally, not externally. Jesus comes to, to reset the factory settings of our, of our nature so that we are reset back to our pristine identity because that is where solution lies. So, beloved, Jesus does not come to give you the things that you need. Jesus comes to us as our important need. He is the important need. So don't tell Jesus, Jesus, I want to start a mitumba business. Give me money. And let me tell you this. Even if peradventure that money comes, you better be very careful with that money. The faster it comes, the faster it flies away. Okay, guys? In Christ, we are sorted out. And Jesus is God's wisdom to us because he came to us as the perfect sacrifice. Okay? Wisdom is the embodiment of the purpose of God. Wisdom is also the embodiment of the personhood of God as well as also the embodiment of the nature of God. And remember, beloved, I remember saying this, I think, um, I think two years ago or three years ago, I can't remember. Power is activated by the wisdom of God. You want power, my friends? Do you have wisdom? Because, you see, power must submit to the wisdom of God. In the absence of wisdom, beloved, power will corrupt. Power can corrupt an individual who is devoid of wisdom. And it takes the finger of wisdom to unseal and break the codes of life in your journey process. Okay? And you know, wisdom is neither a sessional affair. Wisdom is not the preserve for theatrical ponderation. The finger of wisdom, 
And I think I must have said this some years ago. The finger of wisdom is, the, is, is what I call the functional system of the manifest possibilities. Hmm? When I talk about the functional system of manifest possibilities, you, you need to understand that this is what executes the fulfillment of the supernatural powers of the divine accomplishment of God's purpose in your life. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Understand, beloved, and here I want you to, to catch, to, to, this is basically the meat as I conclude, that divine wisdom is not in the present. Neither is divine wisdom in the past. Okay? Wisdom is perpetually in the future. If you're looking for wisdom in your life, beloved, understand that wisdom is not found where you are. Neither is it found where you came from. Wisdom is perpetually in the future. Now, you've heard me tell you, and I dare repeat again, the future is not tomorrow. The future is not next month. The future is not six months from now. The future is not after some years, beloved. The future is the perpetual state and placement of divine possibilities. That is what the future is. You're getting me, friends? Because look at it this way. I can tell you, I can give you a prophetic word and tell you, five, five years from now, you're going to be a millionaire. So you start counting using the Gregorian calendar. You start counting. Five years comes to pass, there is no indication. Then you'll say that Bishop Gobanga lied to me. So I'm telling you, beloved, don't see the future in terms of years and months. That is where a lot of people get it wrong. The future is a perpetual state. The future is not limited to time and season. It is a perpetual state, and it is the placement of divine possibilities. And the wisdom of God does, you know what it does is that it comes from the future. The wisdom of God does not come from your past. Neither does it come from your present. You can learn from your past, I don't deny that. But remember, even though you learn, the wisdom that you need is not in the past or in the present. What happens is, you must, you must, you must look at wisdom this way. It is in the future, but... What is it that begins to, to be effectual in your life is what I call the atmosphere of wisdom. Yeah. The atmosphere of wisdom is the effect that you must experience in the present when wisdom emerges from the future. Yes. Wisdom will always come from the future. Wisdom will always come from the realm of divine possibilities. And what it unleashes is the energy that vibrates the atmosphere of wisdom. Yes. It is the energy of its atmosphere yes. that begins to activate whatsoever is possible in Christ Jesus in your present situation. The wisdom of God will always step out from the ordinations of God. And you see, the ordinations of God is where God's purposes are fulfilled. And this is what it does, is that it creates a pathway for his hand of deliverance in your life. Okay? And understand... When the wisdom of God moves within the ambit of the future, the atmosphere of his movement is what you experience. You're getting me? It is the atmosphere of the, of, of the movement of wisdom. What it does is that it pervades the present where you're able to feel its impact and power. Yeah. Yeah. So if you do not understand the atmosphere of wisdom from the future, you might end up judging your situation wrongly. 
And sometimes the atmosphere of wisdom, what it does, it will be diametrically opposite to what you expect. Part two next Sunday. Stand. Thank you for listening to this audio. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe and share with a friend.